Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. Hey, welcome back to the Culture Corner with Bonnie and Brian. Uh, We have an exciting guest. They're actually the... um, Artistic Director of the Desert Ensemble Theater Company. Are you there, Sean? Hey, how's it going, Brian? Hey, and I'm sorry, I wrote, it's, it's Executive Director. Executive. I wrote that down wrong. <laughs> sorry about that. My fault. Well, we got to give people credit. <laughs> yeah. So Jerome, Jerome Elliott is Artistic Director. Sean Bromwich is Executive Director. So um, sure. so I wanted to talk to you guys about, were you, about this $10,000 CARES grant that you just got. That's really exciting. It's extremely exciting and takes a huge weight off of our shoulders um, and allows us to just do so much more. So, yeah, it's um, we were very elated and surprised when we received it. And um, we're extremely excited for the future and being what we're able to do with the money. So uh, what so did a number of different organizations apply for this? What was the procedure you had to go through? So, um, you know, just like most grants, we had to write up a proposal. We had to submit our budget. Um, we had to talk about reopening plans. And uh, I don't know the exact number of how many people specifically applied for the grant, but I do know that there was a large majority from a past email. Okay. Um, so we were, I mean, this is all of Riverside County. So the fact that we were able to get a, you know, a very sizable portion of a grant was just phenomenal. And the grants ranged from like 2500 to 10000 so we got the maximum. All right. So tell us about what, you know, I know theaters have been in a tough spot, you know, since this all started <laughs> back in March. Um, what do you, what do you, I mean, you, I guess your plans have to be kind of fluid, don't they, uh, based on what's happening yeah. with, with the virus? Yeah, so what, what are your plans sort of at this point of, about moving forward into a season? So right now we haven't announced our season yet. Um, We hope to announce later in fall in terms of reopening. Um, But uh, going back to the grant specifically, what it will allow us to do is to pay for a lot of our general expenses, which is what the grants allow to be used for, um, as well as um, allow us to produce original content. Because several, gosh, I think it was now two months ago, um, we received another grant for about $1,500 that allowed us to produce three specific um, original pieces that we presented online, either via Zoom or StreamYard. Mm-hmm. And our patrons were able to watch these original pieces about COVID and how people are dealing with it. And we took this kind of really cool, different approach. As much as we theater folks like to say it's theater, <laughs> it's never going to be theater because it's, you know, you need the audience. Right. Um, but it still allows us to connect with our patrons. And so right now uh, we haven't announced our plans for the fall. We'll do that later um, into next year. And um, we're just hopefully going to produce more new original content, especially with this grant. You know, I wanted to ask you about your streaming content. Um, is Are they original? And you said they're original pieces. But can you tell us more about mm-hmm. that? Like what are other than COVID, do you address what other issues do you address in that? And are they like like PSAs, like fictional works, or like, like um, I guess like, almost like vlog style, documentary style, or mini like plays, or yeah, plays. tell us more about what you with the ones that yeah, you did already. Um, so we've only done three so far, and that was with the original grant that we received several months ago. With this grant, um, we actually have uh, 
a team that's going to be cultivating more new work where we hope to break out of the COVID type of, you know, dialogue that we've been having for the past, you know, uh, with the past couple of performances. So, I mean, ideally what we'd like to do is we'd like to break it out into two parts where one part's educational, where we still connect with our student interns that work with us, uh, where we teach them maybe lighting design. Hey, this is what you should do. Um, or, hey, here's some really cool apps and let me show you how to do it. And that'll be specifically delivered to our student interns. And then the other aspect of original content is we'd love to produce some, you know, actual original pieces in regards to plays, whether that be about current social issues or something that's fictional, something that, you know, is, you know, comedic that just lightens, lightens up the spirit. So right now the sky's the limit for us and we'll, we'll see where it takes us. That's for sure. Are you, are you thinking of trying to keep the, uh, these pieces that you're going to produce in the future to a certain time limit, like, you know, short things like 20 minutes, half an hour, or, or, or does it vary a lot? That's That's a really good question. Um, I believe for the one, I don't have an answer. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. I was going to give you an answer. <laughs> I would say that in regards to the edu- educational pieces, we would limit it to about, I'd say, you know, a couple minutes. And in regards to the pieces that are reaching out to our donors and our patrons, we'd like to have that be a little longer. So mm-hmm. whether that be 10 minutes or 15 minutes. I know that for sure someone's not going to sit for a full hour on their computer right. watching or on their phone. So uh, there is going to probably have to be some kind of time limit. And I think 15 minutes might do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, time. So tell me about the theater, the Pearl McManus Theater. I mean, where everyone's in the same boat. I mean, everyone theaters are yeah. all on the same boat. Um, so the grants, I'm assuming, allow you to like pay your rent or lights or whatever expenses. Are. So there's, you're pretty confident that when down the road, when this is all gone away, you will remain at the Pearl McManus Theater as far as performances. I mean, so far, you know, so far right now, yes. Okay. Um, of course, you know. As you know, Bonnie, we have such a limited amount of performance space in Palm Springs. Right. And since 90% of our patrons live in Palm Springs, we're, we really want to stay in Palm Springs. And, you know, we love working with the Palm McManus and the Women's Club that's there. Um, it's a beautiful venue. It's definitely unique. It's definitely a little older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but we've made some improvements as well as Desart, which is a another theater company that shares the space with us. Right. Um, but right now we have no plans on leaving. Hopefully we can stay and, you know, um, you know, perform there. It all depends on what the state says and what the fed, federal government says in regards to live performances and venues. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a little scary right now in terms of theater because there's no time. There's no, there's no uh, um, definitive date. There's on no what date. Should do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do you so have people? It's, it's tough. Do you have people like um, submitting as far as these uh, the original pieces that you might do online down the road? Do you have people submitting them or uh, do you have a committee that's kind of writing stuff or going through short plays that people have submitted in the past? Or how are you doing that? How are you coming up with what you're going to actually produce? No, great question. So we have a mixture. Um, We have been over the past couple of years have had several online submissions. I mean, we welcome all submissions. So if anybody writes a piece, please send it to us, theater at gmail.com. Um, and we'd love to read it because if it turns out that um, this piece is in line with our artistic vision, then let's definitely produce it. 
Uh, we do have a resident playwright, which is Tony Padilla, who we produce at least one of his shows every single year. Love Tony. And, Yay. Okay. Love <laughs> Tony. So um, he's constantly giving us new pieces to look over and, and to read. Um, and, you know, it's just, we've received a lot. But we still also, uh, Jerome and I, and now with our new board members, because we just expanded our board now to nine. Excellent. Um, uh, so now we have more time to read more shows that are off off Broadway that have maybe just been released but haven't really been picked up by Dramatist Cleric Services uh, to expand our horizons. Tell me about the board because I, I think a lot of people don't know a uh, board, uh, a theater board, theater company board. What what do they do? And I, I'm guessing it might vary from organization to organization as to how involved. I know some, a lot of times they help raise money or maybe put up some of their own money. Or and how involved are they in decisions about production and that kind of thing? So we we brand ourselves and we hold it true as a local community professional nonprofit theater company. I know that's a mouthful to say, but yeah, yeah. Um, ide- ideally, um, you know, we want our board members to have not just to say, but to be actively involved. So we don't require any kind of financial contribution from our board members, okay. um, but we do, we do require uh, time. We require, you know, dedication. And um, with our new board that, you know, for instance, uh, we just added, again, uh, several positions. Charles Herrera just joined our board. Clark, Clark, Jeremiah Rhodes and Donna Lawton. Um, You know, they're just they're phenomenal. And so with that, they're going to have a say artistically as well as, you know, how do we run our how do we run our organization? Because that's what a true community is about. Right. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has a say. And let's move forward together. So we're all on the same path and same road. You know, I actually had a question about your reopening plans now for you. What are going to what do you anticipate will be the first night back? Is it going to be full capacity? Is it going to be 25 percent capacity? What do you imagine the first night with an audience? It's a great question. Um, one can dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only. Um, if only. Um Ideally, what I see is no matter what, when live theater comes back, we're going to be at limited capacity. Mm-hmm. So if we're able to seat comfortably 100 seats, um, you know, we're going to be able to max out the base stuff of what the state and the Fed says. So if that's 25 percent of our house, that's 25 seats comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I know, I think the demand will be there. I think the the restrictions will also be there. So that's a, that kind of throws a wrench into the system because we could absolutely fill up the house probably that first week because people are, they're vying. Yeah. They're vying for live theater right now. And um, there's just a lot of demand for it, but we won't be able to do it until the state allows us to have a full house. You know, as part of your accommodations, I know you can't fill up the house and also you're going to have all these demands are you going to try to think of a way to add more days or do you think that'd be too risky or do you think you'll be able to have maybe two performances a day and are you also going to try to limit the type of plays i guess like i'm trying to say like are you going to try to perform plays that require less performers yeah fewer people on stage also absolutely um i I think that's going to have to be a must Mm -hmm. Uh, as bonnie knows we've never been a big a uh, theater company that has 20 people with the exception of, we did do a reading, uh, yeah. Esperanza. Right, I remember <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. 30,000 people, but, um, <laughs> you know, ideally we like to keep our cast below five, but looking into next season and probably the season after, we're looking at three or less. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and it's a small stage as it is. Yeah, and it is. In it's regards intimate, yeah. to, it's very intimate. And that's what we love about, you know, the Pro McManus is that it does create that intimate feel compared to going to a big playhouse. And that's what we want to, you know, we, we have to have that difference. Um, but in regards to adding extra weekends, you know, one of the difficulties that we have is, uh, and it's the same with Desart, is we're always based off each other's schedule. Schedule, right, so, right. Um, you know, Michael Shaw and I and Clark and Jerome, we, we always sit down at the table and we go over our dates. So if we want to do three weekends, well, we have to make sure it's okay with them to see what dates they have, as well as does the women's club have that, those available dates. Mm-hmm. In regards to adding two performances per day or even adding maybe a week, uh, weekday performance, um, I absolutely see that possible. Currently, right now, we do Friday nights and then Saturday matinee, sun, uh, Saturday night, and then Sunday matinee. So if we added a Thursday night and then possibly a Sunday night early performance, that could absolutely happen as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, Sean Abramowitz, congratulations again on the grant. That is fabulous. Congratulations to you and Jerome. And looking forward to both seeing your online stuff. And then down the road someday when the theater opens <laughs> live again, we're looking forward to that. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you both. Thank you. Take uh, care. All right. We'll be right back with more on the Culture Corner in just a moment. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. Hey, welcome back to The Culture Corner. We're going to have some news and we decided to put our two heaviest stories together. Heavy, heavy. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I mean... But these are important culture stories. Yes. So like we said last week, we're redefining what culture means. And Not just entertainment. It's what's happening in the world, too, to a certain degree. Yeah. And so this is actually a bit of good news in the middle of a lot of bad news. So the L.A. prosecutors decided to finally charge two men with robbery and hate and of a hate crime in Los Angeles on transgender on these transgender women so there's a transgender um woman called um eden the doll she is an influencer she does youtube all her videos are about makeup Mm -hmm. and like culture vlogging very glamorous woman and also about social issues so Mm -hmm. every once in a while she'll tackle about being trans and dating so those are the types of things she would talk about Mm -hmm. but what happened, unfortunately, is that her and her friend were going out to get an Uber in Los Angeles and Hollywood. Now, Hollywood, if you've been down there recently, can be a pretty scary place. Mm-hmm. Like, it's scary at night. But, you know, you would ideally think that someone who lives there would just be able to walk down the street and be able to actually feel safe. Yeah. You know, but what happened was that uh, and it was all recorded on Instagram video and everything. What had happened was that her and her friends were waiting for an Uber when they were attacked 
robbed and humiliated by these men. And these guys were just beating them and robbing them. They actually did this thing where they robbed their cell phones and then try to resell them their cell phones at an expedited rate. So instead of them just stealing the cell phone, they would mock mm. them and say, oh, you can have your cell phone back for $80. Mm. And it's all recorded on video on Instagram. She put the whole story on there because these guys, these idiots, they decided to record themselves. Yeah. And now that gave an opportunity for LA County to charge them. And what had happened was that originally the district attorney didn't think there was enough evidence, even though the whole 20 minute thing what was What the heck on else did he need? <laughs> Right. That's what I was thinking. And the whole thing is on video. Yeah. And these three women were they were it was horrible watching it because one of them actually got hit in the head so hard they passed out. And Eden actually said that she was scared her friend almost died. I was going to say, now, are they OK now physically? They're OK yeah. now. But, uh, you know, of course, they're emotionally hurt. Sure. Yeah. And that's one of the things is that it actually took a lot of like effort to try to get them to be prosecuted. The men that did this, because yeah. what had happened was that, first of all, they already figured out who did it because yeah. these idiots put it on social media. Yeah. Now, if you're going to commit a crime, why you got to put yeah. it on social okay. media? Not brain surgeons. No, yeah. not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but now was there a, was there a, a question as to whether it was going to be designated a hate crime? Was that a question? That I think that was one of the questions was that because it was obvious they were going to steal something but mm-hmm. i th- that they stole something targeted they them attacked. because they, they were, were trans. transgender yeah now in the video like like you said what evidence what else do you need because in the actual video the trans women get called men and they get told that's a dude yeah and in the community if you have a guy beating you up and saying you're a dude and it's a trans woman, there's a good chance that it's specifically because they're a trans woman. Yeah, you woman. think? I mean, yeah, hello. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it, it's it's really a shame that this isn't even like the last time that this has happened. This isn't even the first or last time that this oh, is going to yeah, happen. No, no, sadly. Yeah. No, unfortunately. But I did want to get to the Kevin Spacey story because that's... Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. So actor Kevin Spacey is getting sued by two men, Anthony Rapp, who originally was the first person to accuse him of sexual assault and an anonymous man had decided to finally sue him to Mm -hmm. finally be able to do that and we were having this conversation me and bonnie about how um it's just one of those cases where people just keep shooting themselves in the foot and it's so uncomfortable now to watch like kevin spacey's movies because he always plays a villain and he his most famous role was actually a guy who prayed after a american beauty which was an entertaining movie but when you look at it now in hindsight it's like kind of creepy no it really is especially considering how young now were both these guys 14 when this happened um anthony rapp was 14 and the other guy i believe was also like 15 or 14 and they're finally really suing him now kevin spacey has had a lot of controversy because one of his accusers actually died before going on the stand and was there something mysterious (laughs) about his death i think so i think a lot of people were speculating about it because Mm. i hadn't heard him i the funny thing is, when you look up his death, you all you know is that he died. But and he was young, youngish when he died. Youngish, yeah. And yeah. the other thing is that Kevin Spacey puts a lot of once a year on Thanksgiving. Kevin Spacey has been putting out YouTube videos of him, kind of menacingly putting on a Southern accent, like his character yeah, in yeah. House of Cards. Mm-hmm. And he looks at the camera a lot. And so for me, one of the creepiest things about it is that he actually did this video where he said, "Why don't you kill them with kindness?" And he starts poking at a fire saying something about his enemies and killing them with kindness and it's like you know 
Kevin Spacey, you not know, smart. not smart, not smart. It's it's already gross the whole thing, but yeah, he's just like, making it worse. Yeah, and that's the other thing is it's hard. It's really, I can't separate. Like I I don't want ever want to see Tom Cruise in a movie again or Mel Gibson, uh, or who's the other one? Um, somebody else. But when you when you hear about the, these disgusting things they do, they do, and they've been proven, and that they're just nuts. I can't enjoy watching them as actors anymore. You know? it's, it's difficult, especially considering that in the case of Ken Spacey, he is playing a predator in yeah. a movie, and was so wrong. it's easy to believe that maybe this is all true. You know, that's true. And the sad thing is that it's one of those. But you know, the thing is, though, at least these men are having the chance to actually speak out against Kevin Spacey and be able to Absolutely. actually have their day in Everyone court. Everyone should have that. And yeah. I think that Hollywood has gotten, a lot of people in Hollywood got a, are getting away with stuff. And you know what? It's an opportunity to let them know they can't. Exactly. All right. Super. We're going to go ahead and go on a quick break. We're going to have uh, Michelle Ongo come join us in just a moment. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. Hey, welcome back to The Culture Corner with Bonnie and Brian. We're trying to reach Michelle in just a moment, but hey, there's a and, whole lot of things and, we can talk about. Yeah, in the meantime, we'll do some news. Yeah, Michelle Ogle, hopefully we'll get her on. Uh, she is actually uh, one of my... Um, Former voiceover students, and, and one of the other hats I wear is I'm a voiceover coach for a company. I called think that's Michelle. Such a voice. Oh, let's see if she's here. Hi, Michelle. Hello. There she is. Yay! So I was just uh, introducing you, telling folks about you. She's um, a wonderful. It was one of my voiceover students with Such a Voice. I'm a voiceover coach, and she's fabulous. But her main gig right now, as she's moving into becoming a star voiceover artist, is she's a licensed family therapist, and I thought she'd be great to come on and and talk a little bit about how we can all stay sane <laughs> during what's happening in this country right now, both with the pandemic and the social unrest. But welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So tell us about, uh, yeah, we're all, pretty much everybody I know is feeling more fear and anxiety about just life in general than, than normal. Uh, so tell us a little bit about, uh, fear and anxiety in general and you're when you deal with it with with your patients yeah absolutely you know um fear and anxiety is is prevalent we're seeing it so much right now and i think a lot of people are confusing normal worry with fear and anxiety and you know our bodies biologically are meant to go into a fight or flight when we're fearful or scared to keep us safe to mm-hmm. kind of dart us in the direction of what we're going to do about it, but it's not meant to stay there. And so we end up with these heightened levels of cortisol and anxieties flowing. And, you know, lately we haven't had a lot of reason not to be anxious. And, you know, I always say information calms anxiety. The unknown is really steeped in this um, fear of the unknown and what's going to happen. And we don't have a lot of knowns. The information coming out is mixed. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what one person says stays safe is not what the other person is saying. Um, Sometimes I wonder um, how people aren't taking death seriously, but I'm one of the real conservative ones who, I don't know, kind of want to live a little longer. Yeah. So I'm taking precautions, but other people are not. So there's so many reasons and there's so many moving parts that I think it keeps us all at a real constant level of angst and unknown and not feeling safe. Yeah. Really, it's about not feeling safe and being out of control. 
And what circumstance has ever presented us except a pandemic where it really, and there's been others in history, of course, that have left us in this complete state of lack of control. Who wants to feel that way, right? So what, what advice would you, I mean, obviously we, as individuals, we can't control everything that's happening in the country. We can't control the virus, but what, what advice would you have for people in your own little world? What could we, could we do to try to make ourselves feel a little more safe and comfortable? Yeah, you know, you know, I think there's a lot more in our control than we give ourselves credit for. Um, and if you start thinking about it, even putting on a pant leg every day, you choose which one goes on first, right? So right. we have a we have a lot of control. Um, so we could, for example, not buy into a lot of the rhetoric. A lot of people are online just jumping in with anger and frustration. Again, lack of control and fear drives us to jump into conversations that aren't healthy, you know, mm-hmm. steer clear from that. Don't look at the post every day to see, you know, what Jane Smith said in response to so-and-so. You know, I think limiting our exposure to it, um, I'm seeing some real wonderful things come of it. I'm seeing creativity. I'm seeing people get real inventive and jump on the right side of their brain and really get creative about how they're spending time with family, um, things they're doing for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we do have to take a little bit of accountability to take choice and put that in front of us and say, really, how am I going to get through this? We can agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. I don't hear a lot of that. I don't know about you, but I'm not Mm -hmm. hearing a lot of agree to disagree. Um, Is it okay if we just disagree? Mm -hmm. Um, That needs to be okay. And a lot of people can't rest there. But again, it's the fear. Um, Agreeing to disagree, letting go of the things that irritate us. Limit the news. Yeah. You know, I'll watch the news a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the evening, but I really don't want to know the blow to blow because that keeps me in a place I don't want to be. Right. Um, So we do, we can change our behavior. You know, one of my favorite things is volunteering or doing for others helps us get us out of ourselves. It helps you realize that a lot of people have needs out there that have nothing to do with who's tweeting this and blogging that. (laughs) Exactly. Um, you know, and, and compassion. I, yeah. I wish there were more compassion. I, I wish, you know, chaos can be a gift. We're looking at these horrific fires, but mm-hmm. you're going to see green growth. You're going to mm-hmm. see green come back. You're going to see people are taking better safety measures. People are looking at the way they're managing their life. So I don't necessarily think it's all bad, but I'm not always going to be the popular vote either because I think we need to really appreciate and have compassion for what is still good. What is still good. Yeah. I almost feel like what's happening now. Sometimes I visualize it as somebody, you know, this table is set with all, uh, you know, silverware and everything and wine glasses and someone takes the tablecloth and pulls it out and everything goes flying up in the air. And then eventually it's going to all come back down and settle into a new pattern. And that maybe ultimately that new pattern is not such a bad thing. Yeah, you know, what a great metaphor, too, because I can really picture that. And who wants that kind of disruption? There are a lot of people like myself who really like routine and like structure. Mm -hmm. But we can still create it. You can still take all those pieces and they still fit back together. But you're right. What if it's a better puzzle this time? Exactly. And maybe, I mean, maybe it was time. Maybe sometimes it's just, sometimes the world, I mean, I have found this before where, you, you know, there's something in your life you need to change. You need to get out of this relationship or this job or this whatever. And you, you, you wait and you wait and you wait. And finally the universe says, guess what? We're taking it away from you. We're not waiting for right. you anymore. It's That's gone. True. You know, and it needed to isn't, be gone. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Isn't that the truth? It's, and so sometimes you have to look at things as a blessing. You know, you yep. think it's chaos. 
maybe it's meant to be that. Maybe it was something you were too scared to do, and so life did it for you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, you know that's true right. because the fact is that I think a lot of people are having a really hard time understanding what new normal is. They think that old yeah. normal was all great and stuff, and I think that right. I think this is a time where a lot of us can realize, hey, we need to wash our hands a little bit more, maybe clean ourselves up, and maybe limit our interactions a little bit maybe not everyone we hang out with is as clean or it's as worth like hanging out <laughs> with as we out. thought yeah. like like you kind of have to ask yourself who's worth the yeah, r- right. risk the for, risk you know? and yeah right you know you know what you also bring up a good point maybe there's somebody that's not really healthy you're hanging out with what a great reason to say you know what i'm going to take some space <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> and distance myself a little bit and you know there's a lot of good i'm um, I've been mistaken as a Pollyanna. I am not a Pollyanna. I'm a silver lining girl. Yeah. There is always a pearl in something we've seen it time and time again as history has shown us. And so mm-hmm. the creativity I'm seeing, I love people are painting rocks. I go on a walk every day and people are painting rocks and putting them in the dirt that gives yeah. positive messages to people. Yeah. Like That's the little stuff that I think makes the world go around. We can all go down the rabbit hole. Hands up. Everybody is able to go down the rabbit hole. I think we, we are, need to be responsible for stopping ourselves from making it worse. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about, going back for a second, about the Facebook thing and the wars and the arguments and the disagreements and people, yeah. you know, unfriending people and screaming and you know, screaming oh my you know, online and using swear words. And, and it's really, it really is tough. And I've, I've had a couple times when I've just said, let's agree to disagree. And then I just try to stay off it. I just stay out of it. Even if I see something yeah. I totally disagree with, I just scroll on because you know what? It's most of the time it's not worth it. And all it does is get you yeah. upset and you're probably not yeah. going to change their mind. And they're not going to change your mind. Um, but if you as a therapist if you had a friend and I, I have mm-hmm. a couple people in my life I'm not sure but f- friends that you you're fine in the midst of all this we're finding out um, some viewpoints that friends or acquaintances had that maybe we didn't know they had and um, right. how do you I'm finding it that walking that line between wanting to stay friends with someone that you've had a friendship with but you just can't stomach some of their philosophies on things right how do you do right. that I've, I've heard that too i've heard people say i unfriended 10 people yeah. i didn't know their views you know i think we all need to appreciate the gifts that come with each friendship you might have a friendship that's great for going to the movies you might have a friendship that's great for discussing you know current affairs but i think it's also really appropriate to say while i love doing this with you i don't want to talk I, about you and i yeah yeah you and i just don't quite mesh on this one view and I think maybe we should just avoid the topic, yeah. you know, and, and I think it's a really healthy thing to be able to communicate and ask for what you need without getting angry. Some people yeah. are just angry. They yeah. see a war breaking out and they're going to jump in because that's their justification to be angry. And so we're always going to have an angry person out there who's right. not yet ready to, to look at why they're angry. But I think just kind of voicing yourself, um, there are people I won't talk politics with. And I just don't bring it up. And you know what? There's some of the greatest friends I have, but I'm not going to bring it up because why? Yeah. Why? Why? It's not going to change anything in the moment. And it might actually ruin a good friendship. Exactly. You know, I actually trying to think of the way to ask this, but you know, you said something about how you have friends that are good for certain individual situations, but not good overall for a couple of things here and there. Is there any point that you would say, would you agree that like, 
that something is so bad, something is so terribly worded, and this person has such a terrible sentiment, or they're defending something that's really bad, defending someone who did something really bad. Is there a point where you realize maybe I should just let go of this person, and because it really does actually hurt you that much? Is I, there a point where it you can stop looking at the me- the positive things? Is there a point a where a deal the, breaker kind of thing, deal breaker sort of thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know what? At some point, it's going to be really hard to find um, good in some situations that just keep getting worse and people some people really like to dwell on the negative i call them the negative nellies mm-hmm. um and we're not going to be able to always dodge the eors and the negative nellies but i think <laughs> the i think that you can definitely again use your own choice and your will to say how much is that person really irritating my life because it's our you know we put healthy things around us we try to eat healthy some people try to work out and stay healthy well that includes our interactions with people probably the most important thing to me are the relationships and connections we have with people Mm -hmm. and so if something's not healthy for you you know it's like taking a hammer and banging yourself on the hand if it doesn't feel good yeah and it consistently doesn't feel good stop it why do you keep doing it yeah right right and so i know it sounds so simple and i've been accused of making things sound simple but it can be it can be what if we're overthinking it what if it's just wow that person doesn't make me feel really good about myself or the state of the situation, and I'm trying to stay positive, so I'm going to choose to hang around with people that are more positive. You know, you yeah, I know you said that you said something also about the protests, and just that there's some people that are just angry, and they're any opportunity they get yeah. to jump on the bandwagon and hey, I'm going to be angry and beat people up or shoot people. Yes. I'm in. I'm in. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's really scary because there are people like that. Oh, here's a freight there. You know, here's a re- reason to go loot. Yeah. Um, those are the ones that, that are frightening because it's impulsive and impulsive risky behavior is never good. Um, you've got people that are angry and have pent up anger and have, you know, this view of it's been done to me directly. There's a lot of reason people are mad. And so, again, another reason to stay out of the way. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ways to protest and you don't have to show up, you know, with a weapon. Exactly. You, you protest and not show up ready to fight you know oh, people yeah. here for peaceful demonstration but you brought a weapon yeah. so <laughs> yeah that, that's you know, not that's again, not... the messages are mixed the messages are mixed so i think to really get a clear message get your information from the source um try to stay as safe as you can and be accountable for your own little bubble yeah um you know focus on your family really the priorities, I think, have changed for a lot of people. Family yeah. and relationships are more important to me right now than anything. Yeah. Michelle you know, Ogle, th- thank you so much. You are a wise, a wise lady. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. You're fabulous. Thank you. All thank right. Thank you, Bonnie. I'm so happy to work with you again. All right. Great, great advice. All right. We'll be back with more on the Culture Corner in just a moment. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza, talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. Hey, welcome back to The Culture Corner. Last week, we were going to talk about a topic, but this is actually what I like to call an ever-growing, never-finishing story. Story Still (laughs) not resolved, yeah. No, and like, this is a story all about a former lesbian comedian who touts being 
kind as her message and then it turns out maybe she herself isn't that kind it's the old fable of you know preach uh, practicing what you, you preach. preach exactly and so talking about ellen, ellen who i always liked I always liked her. And you know, the thing, before we get into this, I always found it interesting. I remember the the video of her very first appearance on The Tonight Show uh-huh. uh, before she came out. You know, her hair was a little longer and, you know, and then, and then if you look at her now or lately on her show, she's somebody who, which is what make this, makes this extra disturbing, she's someone who seemed to have become really comfortable in her own skin when she came out and said, okay, this is who I am, and Mary Portia right. Okay, now we know before she was kind of sort of hiding. But now apparently we're learning all this stuff that the atmosphere on her show is pretty hostile, unfortunately. No, I, I, I've been following this pretty, not too extensively because it's a lot to unpack. But what yeah. happened was that it basically started with a Twitter thread that involved a lot of fans and a lot of former staffers who would say things like she was really mean and that she's unusually rude. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that she, it's not that she's rude. A lot of people say lots of people in Hollywood are ru- yeah. rude. It's the fact that she touts herself out as being the nicest, really nice sweetest person. And, yeah. and you would imagine that someone who lost her career because she was gay, that someone who lost everything for a while. For a while, yeah. Would say, hey, maybe I should treat people with a little bit more kindness. Because the fact is that there's already a lot of mean people in Hollywood that would take advantage. There's like, plenty of them, yeah. Like we got Harvey Weinsteins. We got like a lot of bad people out there. So for her to just create an atmosphere is just so bad. And she actually did say pretty recently that she wants to talk about it on her show. And here's her statement. She said, on day one of our show, I told everyone in our first meeting that Ellen DeGeneres show will be a place of happiness. No one would ever raise their voice and everyone would be treated with respect. Obviously something changed and I'm disappointed to learn that this has not been the case. And for that, I am sorry. Anyone who knows me, <clears throat> who knows me knows it's the opposite of what I believe and what I hope for the show. She does want to actually talk about what happened on ep- on the first episode. The first episode, the first episode of the new season will be on September 21st. It is the 18th season. And she said that she actually wants to talk about it. She said, I can't wait to go back to work and back to our studio. And yes, we're going to talk about it. And this actually happened a couple of days after after Cosmopolitan talked about a former staffer who said that Ellen DeGeneres would lay traps around the house like matches and leave little dirty things here and there. So that way, if something wasn't cleaned, she can blame somebody. She else. can blame somebody and say, you know what? You didn't clean this extensively. I see a match there. That's not great. And that you would fire them and that she apparently took joy in firing someone. And there was a video of a waitress who said that Ellen was so rude and called her her restaurant and said that she was that she didn't like the way her nails were done or something I like was, that. I did read that one. Yeah. Yeah. And that she she actually did got she got put on suspended leave and I mm-hmm. think that she actually did get fired. And I do want to make it clear these are alleged events. Yeah. So, you know, allegations al- right alleg- now. Allegations. Ellen's yeah. team, please don't come up to yeah, us. Yeah. No, no lawsuits. Just what we read. We don't know if it's true or not. We yeah. don't know. But it seems like where there's smoke, there's a lot of fire. Mm-hmm. It's, it's certainly one of those things where you have to talk about whether or not it's like that thing about separating the art from the artist how can we separate ellen being like you can't yeah i mean person? you can't especially when, and when, a t- when you're hosting a talk show it's you you're not even playing a character it's you so i you know i'll be really disappointed i am really disappointed and the other thing is you the smoke and fire thing i think you're right when you have multiple people 
coming out with the same type of thing then you really got to take a look at it. I mean, if it was just one isolated incident, oh, that's a disgruntled. But, but when you have multiple, yeah, this happened, yeah, that, yeah, and it's a pattern, then it's a problem. No, I definitely agree with that, especially considering that they are going to have, they have had an investigation about it. They've fired a f- one person or something like that, but that they also said that they want to make sure that the workplace environment is positive again at least what that's what they're making out to be mm-hmm. and that a producer actually did say that it was that's bad that the workplace environment's bad and a lot of um and a lot of staffers have said that ellen would just not talk to them say don't talk to me yeah. i don't want to talk to anybody and that apparently mm-hmm. she is someone that is so good with talking to celebrities and really famous people mm-hmm. but then when it comes to interns the and little staffers, people she doesn't have time for yeah no definitely yeah. not and she said this one guest said that she actually uh, there was this one video that's been circulating which is that ellen degeneres actually put up an event put up a free um store right a little store that says take anything you want just take one thing be Mm -hmm. honest and have fun and Mm -hmm. it's free right Mm -hmm. and so this woman took an extra item you know you never and it's like okay i get it like it's free stuff so like you take an extra item i understand the temptation i'm not gonna get mad at someone right but it's like when you go to a buffet and you take an extra thing it's like yeah. okay you feel a little guilty but you know it's free it's not the end of the world it's not the end yeah. of the world if you get yeah. caught put it back but ellen degeneres actually went out of her way to call her out and recorded the whole incident and made vi- and like you can t- kind of tell on her face that it wasn't funny to her like she yeah. was trying to make a joke but the guest you can tell was really uncomfortable yeah and another situation was that ellen talked to actress Dakota Johnson. Now, Dakota Johnson, for those who don't know, is the daughter of Melanie Griffin, Mm -hmm. who herself is the daughter of Tippi Hedren. So a whole famous Famous family. family, yeah. Dakota Johnson talked about a party, right? She she hosted a um, Christmas party. And Ellen said, so how was your party? I wasn't invited. And And Dakota said, you were invited. You knew specifically that you were invited. Don't don't and she basically said don't f with me you know like wow and she called her out and a lot of people on the comment section are like this is kind of satisfying now in hindsight because ellen degeneres tried to basically some have argued that in that video she tried to kind of put dakota in a place where she can kind of make jokes and laugh at her expense Mm -hmm. a little bit or that she really did feel some sort of resentment and then dakota said no you you yeah. knew. Yeah. You knew. And yeah. the funny thing is, though, that same weekend that Dakota's party was there, she actually got a lot of controversy, a whole bunch of controversy, because she actually hung out with George Bush at a baseball game. So Who, who did? Uh, Ellen? Ellen. Ellen. Okay. So there's a lot of controversy and a yeah. lot of things. Who feel, people feeling that she kind of sells out her community a little bit. And it's really, you know, I'm always, I know it's naive, but I always get disappointed when somebody uh well known that you you we all think we know i mean we don't really know but we think we know then something like this comes out when it, and it's like gosh you know it's not that hard to be a nice person it's not that hard to be empathetic it's not that hard to treat people well you almost have to go out of your way to be nasty so i i'm if, if all this ends up being true i'm really disappointed and i think that i think the way this story is going to end the downward trajectory or the upward trajectory. Her show is probably going to cancel, I would say, eventually. I think yeah. so. And also, I think it would just depend on that return episode. That episode... What she says, that's the key right there. Yeah. And whatever happens that episode, that's going to be 
in my opinion, the death or, or the, the rebirth. That's that's it. And I'm hoping for the rebirth, but I think at this point I'm going to make it's a safe prediction <laughs> and say it's going to be the death. Yeah, not looking good. All right, Brian Mendoza, Bonnie Gilgallon, you're here on the Culture Corner. Thank you to all our guests. We'll see you back here next week. Have a good one. Have a good one. <laughs>